Everybody that you meet, you can learn something from them. That it's not necessarily what you achieve in life that matters most, but it's who you become in the process of those achievements that really matters. We all need people who believe in us. They expand the boundaries we place on our own lives. What makes me most proud is how I played the game. Being real, authentic, and spontaneous, and loving the game, to me, is what it was all about. When you retire, you may get a chance to go to football heaven. This is football heaven. Hey guys, welcome to The Mission. I'm your host, Jameer Howerton, and today we have the golden honor of catching up with Cincinnati Bengals legend and Pro Football Hall of Famer, Mr. Anthony Munoz. Anthony, thank you for taking time out to join us right here on The Mission. Hey, Jameer, anytime, man. You know that. Great to be with you. Anthony, we had to catch up with you because first and foremost, looking at with the number one pick in the 2020 draft, Cincinnati Bengals select Joe Burrow. LSU quarterback, everybody goes crazy. I wanted to capture that energy because A, you know a thing or two about protecting franchise quarterbacks and you worked for the organization. You're a fabric, a fabric in that community. Who better to talk about the Joe Burrow effect but Anthony Munoz? Well, first of all, I should have had a real Cuban, but I'll use this as a, I'm excited. I'll, I'll smoke this thing. Uh, Cigar, no, there's pencil in honor of Joe Burrow. <laughs> but no, I, I tell you what, I'm excited. I, I know the city's excited. Um, you know, I've had a chance to watch him quite a bit. Uh, not even, I mean, you know, I thought about the number one pick. I knew we had it, but I just wanted to watch him. I'm a big, uh, you know, Ed Orgeron fan, uh, who I got to know about 12 years when he was at USC, the head coach of LSU. He hired my uh, head coach, John Robinson, to come down to Baton Rouge. I wanted to watch them all year, and I watched them just about all year, and all of a sudden I'm thinking, oh, this number nine kid uh, might be our number one pick. So I watched them all year. And, and, you know, Jameer, not only what he did on the football field, I mean, the guy was amazing. The bigger the game, the better the uh, performance, and, and the guy was just unflappable, so much poise. But everything I've heard about him as an individual. You know, when you're a starting quarterback and you hear about leadership, I mean, a guy commands, you know, respect but then I've heard some things when he was a backup at Ohio State as we all know he came from Ohio State as a backup how many times do you hear people talking about him in that same way as a backup respect what a leader so uh you know I know I'm excited I know a lot of people in the city are excited so now we just got to get this thing rolling get the season going Anthony you mentioned that he was a backup at Ohio State I, I had to take a step back because Cincinnati Bengals fans, this swag meter is like off the charts. Not only did this young man leave his hometown, go to LSU, lead them to a national championship, win the Heisman Trophy, and then, oh, yeah, by the way, I'm the number one overall draft pick. <laughs> but, you know, you know, a lot of people talk and they use the thing chip on the shoulder. Or, you know, you got to prove something. Think about, okay, I'm going to leave Ohio State because I'm back up. I want to go somewhere and play. And having the head coach at Nebraska where he wanted to go say, well, do you, all right, you answer me the question. You think he's better than what we have here? <laughs> and then, so he's, he's not interested in the kid. Then he goes to LSU and he accomplishes everything you rattle off. But uh, I think that's another thing about the excitement. You know, you mentioned the borough factor is that he grew up about a mile, you know, 150 miles maybe, you know, from here, from Cincinnati. We have struggled the last two, three years to have a Ohio kid drafted as the number one pick 
not just a draft pick, but the quarterback, which is the most important position on the team. We need to fill the stadium. We need people in the seats. Now you got this Heisman Trophy winner, the number one pick. He grew up in, you know, just down the road at Athens, you know, Ohio. Now you put, you know, he's going to be your franchise quarterback. I mean, what better way to all of a sudden, okay, let's do this, and we're going to put people in the stands. Not to mention, you know, we're talking Joe Burrow, I know, in the draft. But I need to mention just one other little component about this franchise and what they've done. Look at all the free agents that they signed this offseason. They spent, what, $150 bucks on some pretty good football players. But just about every one of them has playoff experience. Mm. So you talk about changing the culture of this franchise. You bring in guys with playoff experience. You bring in a Joe Burrow. And then you look at six of the seven draft picks. Six of the seven have been captains on the respective college teams. One was a three-year captain. The seventh guy, T. Higgins, if he would have stayed there as a senior, from what I've heard, would have probably been a, a captain. He's got that much character. That So I see Zach Taylor, the staff, this organization, really making an effort by taking Joe Burrow number one to say, okay, we're not satisfied with the culture here. We're going to start changing this culture. I tell you what, the Battle of Ohio is going to be off the charts this year. You got Baker Mayfield. He's leaving. You know, he's going to be a junior this year, right. if you will. Yep. And yep. you got Joe, who's a freshman. Oh, my God. Oh, yep. my God. That is going to be amazing. You know what? I know you're pretty young. Uh, you might say you remember. But when I got in the league, the Battle of Ohio was, I mean, it was hot. You know, when I got in the league, you had Ozzy, you had, you know, Clay Matthews and Brian Seid. Then I go into Bernie and Ernest Mack and Kevin Biner. And of course, that defense was always tough. You know, the dog pound and Michael Johnson, linebacker, Clay Matthews at linebacker, you know, big daddy, you know, defensive end, Reggie Camp, goalie. So, I mean, I'm praying that it gets back to the way it should be. I mean, that the Battle of Ohio should be like it's been for years past. Hopefully this year it will, will start back up. I can't wait for that. I can't wait for that. So let's talk about the culture. You you mentioned head coach Zach Taylor and the culture that he's implementing there in Chicago, excuse me, in Cincinnati. Let's, 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 let's expound on that. Well, you know, it's interesting. Uh, I was here for 10 years of my career before we uh, lost Paul Brown. Coach, as we called him. The guy that is, you know, for football, people that know history, know Paul Brown came up from the area where you, where you are up in Canton, Maslin area, coach there, coached at Ohio State, the Cleveland Browns, the Cincinnati Bengals, and he was all about character. He was like, those are the type of guys I want to draft. Those are the type of guys I want on my football team. It appears that that is what's happening here with the Zach Taylor era. Uh, as I mentioned, you know, six of the seven draft picks, captains on the respective team. And I actually, Charlie Weiss, you remember the offensive coordinator with the, the Patriots and the head coach at Notre Dame. I talked to him several days ago, and he said a good friend of his, is T was T Higgins position coach at Clemson and couldn't say enough great things about the kid. What a great kid. Of course, now you draft him and he's a big fan of AJ Green. We get AJ Green back. He idolizes the guy. So hopefully that rubs off on him, uh, on, on Higgins. But, you know, so you have guys that not only have been captives, but three of the seven, their dads were coaches, high school coaches, college coaches. So now you have that culture. You have guys, you have a lineman was, committed to Air Force Academy and decided to go to Kansas. So you, you talk about leadership, smarts, work ethic. Uh, I forget the kid who would get into the meeting room 
at the senior bowl before everybody. And when everybody left, he'd be the last one out. And that's his thing. You know, was taught at home by his dad, who was a high school coach. And then uh, so I see that culture really starting to go in a great direction. And, of course, we're talking Joe Burrow in the draft. As I mentioned earlier, you look at the free agents that we signed. I mean, again, they've been productive. Now you mm-hmm. got to get them into your system and get that production. But just about every one of them has playoff experience. So you come to a football team that it's been four or five years since they've been in the playoffs, and there's a lot of change. But now you bring some guys in that have that playoff experience that know what it means to get through the season and get into the playoffs. You speak of Coach uh, Taylor, and the great thing about it is the Senior Bowl. You mentioned the Senior Bowl. They actually had a chance to kind of coach these guys, and, and, and now we're dealing with the pandemic, and I know it's, like, really challenging. And I want to talk to you about that as well, like how is he getting the playbook? How is he getting information? Because it's, it's tough right now. And I know guys are working out in their driveways at home and they're doing yeah. everything to do to stay in shape the best way they possibly right. can. But when you look at that senior bowl, that time that Coach, right. Ta- Coach Taylor had with those young men, that's invaluable time. Oh, it really is. I mean, not only are you sitting there, you're using your offense most of the time. You have them in meeting room, so you see what type of, of you know, study they are. You have them at practice, so you see what kind of work ethic you have. You look at their leadership roles. And, in fact, one of the young men, I think uh, – I forget the name now. I think it was David Gaither was – he's referred to as the, the alpha male. He was the captain of one of the senior bowl teams. So, I mean, that, you know, really going forward and not knowing what you're going to be faced with with this uh, pandemic and not being able to have that close contact, well, they got some very, very valuable time with a lot of these young men that they ended up drafting. Wow. And you look at the city and he's a hometown boy. You know, you see the guys normally in the pageantry of wearing their, you know, their fine gear, the jewelry, whatever. One thing that struck me, man, he had a T-shirt on Ohio and his and his area code. It's like a Ohio boy back home. And you have to praise that. I do. I praise it. And it's very impressive. I think, uh, you know, watching the, uh, you know, when he accepted the Heisman Trophy and I mean, he broke down and you could see it was genuine talking about his, the environment, his neighborhood he grew up with and how this was for all the guys, you know, growing up there and uh, the kids, uh, you know, they're in his community and, uh, you know, to do what he's done, uh, you know, give him back. And so, yeah, I mean, the thing that excites me is that as a quarterback and, you know, Andy Dalton did the same thing, Boomer Esaias and Kenny Anderson, they really entrenched themselves into the community because like I mentioned earlier, the quarterback is the most, you know, is a, is the most important position on a football team, but also, that's what people want to, you know, be around as a quarterback, man. You know, they don't want to be around linemen. You know, those are the guys, the big uglies. You know, they want the quarterback, the good-looking guy. So he can he can come in here and do what he's been doing and just, uh, you know, really uh, be embraced. This is a great football town. It's a great people town. It's a very engaging, a very giving. So he comes in here and he makes this his home. Well, I tell you what, after a couple of years, win some football games, he can run for mayor and maybe governor of the state of Ohio. We beat it, those brownies a couple of times a year. <laughs> I had to throw I, that in. Look, hey, as long as he doesn't beat my Jets, I'm fine. <laughs> okay, that's good. That's good. You know, Your you Jets can, and my Sam Darnold. I got to add that to it. My, that's my, it. That's yeah. it. And you speak of those signal callers. You speak of those legendary Bengals signal yeah. callers. And one guy that comes out, Andy Dalton. And I read somewhere where Andy actually called him and welcomed him to Cincinnati. Yeah. How honorable is that? Because, you know, you look at guys like 
Brett Favre. I don't know if he sent a Christmas card to Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. You know, right. Joe Montana, Steve Young. You don't know that. But for Andy Dalton to say, yeah. welcome to Cincinnati, salute me. Yeah. I mean, that's great. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't surprise me. I know Andy. I know the type of individual he is. Uh, this city had a great, great, uh, not only a quarterback, but a great individual, him and his wife for the last nine years. And I, I think I just heard this morning where they released Andy Dalton, uh, which was big news to me. But the guy has done so much, not only for this organization, but for this community. The way the, uh, uh, him and his, uh, his wife, their foundation, give back and, and help out young people. So, again, it doesn't surprise me that um, Joe got that message from Andy Dalton. Wow, that's amazing. That's amazing. And, you know, before we let you go, how are you and your family during this time of quarantine, Anthony? Well, let's see. I got to tee off here in about half an hour. So I got to, I got to, you know, <laughs> you know, it's been, it's been, it's been tough, but it's been good, man. Didi and I get to hang out together, uh, you know, during this whole quarantine. I got to, to, to grill a couple of ribeye steaks for us. We celebrated uh, last, uh, last Tuesday, our 42nd anniversary. So we wow. just her and I, man. Her and I, I fired up that grill, made some steaks, and uh, we kind of set out in the back. But, uh, you know, it, it's one of those things where we're ready. We're ready to get back. I'm ready to get back to the office, get our foundation running, get our sm couple of small companies. You know, they've been working remote just like, you know, you up there at the hall and doing all your great things at the hall remotely. Uh, our, our staff, but it's good to, to be back, and, and I'm looking forward to that. But, uh, you know, it's been tough. You know, it's been tough because I love, you know, one thing I can say, Jameer Lassid, the last two weeks of March, all of April, May, and most of June, I've never seen my calendar this empty. I mean, I have, it's like, okay, what are we going to do today? I can do whatever I want, man. I have nothing to do. So Didi and I have been hanging out, having fun. You know, basically we, we venture out to the grocery store. Uh, and like I said, I've played probably six rounds of golf. I'm going to play this Saturday. Uh, the, I'm thankful the courses are open. I've always had uh, half my basement uh, in my house as a fitness center, so I can just slide down there and work out as long as I want and kind of take some of that, you know, energy and get rid of it. But, uh, you know, it's been good. When I, when I get to hang out with my best friend, Dee Dee, and, uh, you know, maybe she kind of enjoys when I go get a cup of coffee and drive to, you know, drive somewhere. Maybe she enjoys a little quiet time, but we've been doing good. It's been good. Uh, uh, so, you know, I actually drove up to Canton, uh, and spent about a day and a half with my son, Michael, up there in Canton, just kind of hung out. And uh, yeah. so, you know, it gave me a chance to kind of just get on the road and drive a little bit and, and see him. So, uh, but other than that, so I think we're ready. We're ready to, to roll things out and be safe uh, and, you know, make sure we do things the right way, but get out and get things rolling again. Get this country rolling again. The economy, get people out there, because I know there's a lot of people struggling uh, and it, uh, it breaks my heart. I want to see, you know, I got a lot of family members back in California that are struggling. And I just uh, just pray that everything bounces back quickly as we open up things. What can we expect from the Anthony Munoz Foundation this year and as you yeah. lead into next year? What are some of the, the cool things that we can uh, look forward to? Well, I've still been talking to my staff. You know, of course, we've had to push things uh, back a little bit. Last Tuesday, we were scheduled to have 18 of our uh, scholar athletes at our straight-A luncheon at the great Jeff Ruby's restaurant. We had to cancel that. But we did select our, our nine male and nine female winners. So... We're looking forward to hopefully presenting them at our dinner in late July. So, uh, and then last weekend, we had to cancel. Uh, we had about 100, we usually have about 150 middle school young men at a three-day character camp. Uh, so we had to cancel that. But the good thing about that is that we didn't, we have restricted funds for that camp. We get to really 
defer that and it gives us an extra year uh, down the road. So instead of, you know, just doing 20 and 21, now we'll have 22 in the bank still. Uh, so we're just, we're just praying that uh, usually our dinner golf is in the second week of June. We've already pushed it to the end of July. Our banquet center and the golf course were open. So we're the last week of July. We're going to do that. So, you know, it's, we just got to roll. We just got to roll because we love doing it so much, but we're still working, still working to, to try to, you know, and I know it's going to be tough with partners, but we're working to get those funds in and, and try to impact as many young people as we can. And Anthony, and if, and if our listeners and viewers want to get involved, where can they go yeah. to get that information? They can go to MunozFoundation.org. We have all our programs listed there that you'll find out what we do. Uh, you know, if you're in this area and you want to volunteer, all the programs, all the events, if you're in the state and you want to, you know, you can go to MunozFoundation.org. And if you want to help financially, we welcome all funds, all partners. And like I said, we have seven programs. I didn't go through all of them, but we touch about 25 to 3,000 young people a year. And with every program, a young person does not pay a penny to go through our program. If it's our scholarships, we give 18 to 30 scholarships a year for seniors going to college. If it's our mentoring program, or if it's our overnight character camps, our youth leadership seminar, that yours truly there, Jameer has been the, the host uh, and emceed that for us. So he knows what that's all about. Everything we do, uh, we just were there. We get uh, corporate money and partners. And each young man and woman does not have to pay for anything that they go through. Well, Anthony, we want to thank you so much. Thank you so much for sharing just your insight. I, I, I can't wait for the season because now I, you know, I, I really can't wait for that battle of Ohio because I really believe, like you said, yeah. that's going to become the true rivalry within that AFC North division. I agree. I agree. And I look forward to that uh, contest all the time. And if I'm not mistaken, I know we can't have a little wager on the uh, Browns Bengals, but I do believe the old uh, JETSs are coming to Cincinnati this year, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, maybe we get the, the season going and we play the whole season. Maybe I can have you drive down and I can host you. And maybe we can have a little wager on that. Little, yeah, uh, you know, I mean, I can. I, I know the equipment manager, <laughs> Gus Granamit, so I can get a, a, a 2X, a 2X whole jet fit for you. Uh, just an event uh, that you know my jets 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 uh, you know and you know, I, guess I, I can hook you up with the Bengals hat or a nice little uh Bengals shirt so uh, uh, we'll, uh, uh, we'll, we'll be all right well you know i just i could i would you know, love it's so to funny, see Anthony, in black. It's, it's like it's so funny when you work for an organization for so long and it's like it's just ingrained in you i went to a pittsburgh steelers you know game and i have no beef against the steelers <laughs> my first autograph was from Mean Joe Green, ever. Oh, wow. You know what I mean? I wanted to be the commercial kid in that Pepsi commercial. But then you work <laughs> for the Browns for 15 years, and you yeah. grow up, you don't like them, you don't like them. And I'm like, and Boomer, he's from Long Island. I'm really good yeah. friends with Boomer size. Yeah. And, and you grow yeah. up, you don't like the Bengals. And it's just like, oh, my God, what is this about? <laughs> Jameer, how about this one, along those lines of what you're talking about? So I played my whole career of the Bengals. I, I live in Cincinnati. I mean, so yesterday, April 29th, yesterday was 40 years. April 29th, 1980 was the day I got drafted. So 40 years. I live in Cincinnati, orange and black. So I love coaching. I mean, you know I love coaching. I've worked probably about five or six different NFL teams. Two years, not consecutive, but, you know, within years, I, I worked OTAs for the Cleveland Browns. Now you tell me coaching and wearing Browns attire, doing a press conference with all the Brown stuff in the background, I tell you what, I thought I was going to have to drive to Cincinnati like at midnight and sneak into my home. 
but uh you know so that was really strange i mean it's, it's like, you know it's like okay wait this this you know i worked the bears you know that's another yeah. division carolina right you know, washington redskins but now i'm wearing all this browns garb so oh. it was funny i got to share this story with so the, the equipment manager you know they give you stuff to coach in and they have your name plastered all over so you I mean, so I bring it all home, and I think the following week or two, we did a camp there in Canton at the Hall of Fame. <laughs> and, of course, I found a lot of staff there at the Hall, volunteer staff that were Browns fans. So it was like Christmas. I was giving them, you know, quarter zips and shorts, T-shirts, and they're all, like, sporting us. And I'm like, yes, I can drive to Cincinnati with very little stuff now. But I was, I was taking care of people there. Cause I knew they were close to Cleveland. They were Browns fans, but that was really strange. We're in that, I know that had to be strange. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Anthony, thank you once again so much for the rich stories and your insight. Oh. We appreciate your time. Anytime. Guys, for Anthony, Anytime. I'm Jameer Howerton. Thanks for joining us right here on The Mission.